Giannis or LeBron? Who's your MVP? Let's go. It's a fair question for MVP. It's Giannis or LeBron. And it could come down to preference. LeBron is the best player on the best team in the West. The Lakers are 49 and 14. He's averaging 26 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. We're playing a roundup game. He's shooting 50% from the field, 35% from three. He has an effective field goal percentage of 55%. PER of 26, playing at a high level. And still, to be credited, in year 17, he is one of the best, if not still, the best player in basketball. Or do you go with Giannis, the Greek freak? 30 points a game, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 55% from the floor. He only shoots 31% from 3, but the fact that he's made himself even somewhat of a threat from 3 has improved his effective field goal percentage, which is up to 58%. And he has one of the highest PERs in regular season history at 31.6%. The Bucks have the best record in the NBA, 53 and 12. They have the best defense in the NBA. And it's anchored by Giannis. Yes, you can give a lot of credit to Brooke Lopez, who as a weak side defender, has been a good shot blocker. But Brooke Lopez, his numbers are improved because of Giannis. You've got a big, think of this. If Shaq had the ability to play in space and guard wing players and then run back to the post and recover and guard other bigs, he would be Giannis. And, and I'm not knocking Shaq, great player. One of the most dominant, if not the most dominant player of all times, especially during that three-peat time with the Lakers. That said, flip it to the other side. LeBron has actually had a very good season defensively. But they say he's playing point guard. I'm a Laker fan, a diehard Laker fan. But if we're going to have this conversation, let's have a real conversation. LeBron James has always played point guard his entire career. His entire career. Nothing has changed. It's not like he guards Damian Lillard or he guards Kemba or he guards Trey Young. He doesn't. He doesn't match up with other teams' point guards. He has always dominated the ball. Nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is he averaged seven assists per game for his career. So you went and got him an all-NBA player. Guess what? Anthony Davis is worth, he is worth an additional three assists per game. He's also a legit candidate for defensive player of the year. It's fair to make the case for LeBron. But don't make the case because he's in year 17 and he's playing at a high level. Make the case because in this season, in this regular season, you believe he's the best player. He's the most valuable player. Let me correct myself because there is a difference. If you're asking me who's the best all-around player in the NBA, 
LeBron is right there. He might still be the best. That's fair. But this is about who's the regular season MVP. And to me, what hasn't changed? Giannis, best player on the team with the best record. I've heard the argument, well, LeBron just came off a weekend where he beat the Clippers and he beat the Lakers. That's facts. He had a great weekend and he played great and the Lakers won those games. The Bucks also beat the Lakers. They also beat the Clippers. It's a home at home. And we don't hand out MVPs based off of a weekend. We hand out an MVP based off your season-long resume. I want to be clear. Anybody that thinks LeBron is the MVP, I'm not questioning your basketball IQ or even your opinion. It's a fair opinion. He's had that type of season. But let's not make the argument that, well, you take LeBron off the Lakers and they're probably not in the playoffs. Nah, you're speculating. You don't know that because you're trying to use the argument, well, the West is tougher than the East. Historically true. But we're living in the now, not in last year or two years ago. In this current NBA, the top of the East is as good as the top of the West. The Bucks are equal to the Lakers. The Raptors are absolutely equal to the Clippers, which is funny because Kawhi left those same Raptors. The Celtics, if you're asking me who I would choose between the Celtics with Kimba, Brown, Tatum, Marcus Smart, and that crew over Joker and Murray, I'm taking the Celtics. The Celtics, I think, are better than the Nuggets. The Heat are better than the Jazz. If you want to go with Donovan Mitchell and Gobert, that's fine. I trust Jimmy Buckets and Bam, not to mention the shooters around them. So the argument that the West is better than the East, no, the argument only holds water if you're talking about the back end of each conference. But at the very top, the top four teams, nah, the East is equal to the West. So we're not going to do that he's doing it in the East. Because when he played the Lakers, he put up monstrous numbers versus the Lakers. And he's done the same versus every team in the NBA. I think Giannis is the regular season MVP. That doesn't mean I think he's the best player in basketball. But I do think within this season, with what the Bucs have done, with their insane defensive numbers, the fact that he could legit win both MVP and defensive player of the year. Yes, my choice for MVP this season I'm going with Giannis. And anybody that's going with LeBron, anybody that picks LeBron, I'm fine with that. I feel you. You have a case to be made. But your case isn't a lock. Your case is that you have a case. But it isn't like, well, it's LeBron and it's LeBron in a runaway. Nah. It's close. But on body of work within this season, not body of career, it's not a career award. It's about this year. Giannis is the MVP of the NBA. So since we get the big award out the way, let me go ahead and finish up with some of the other awards. My choice for six men of the year, I'm going with Montrez Harrell. 18 points, 7 rebounds, over a steal, a block per game, 
58% from the floor. He is one of the main reasons why the Clippers have the best bench in basketball because of the combination of him and Lou Will. Clippers are also going to finish with one of the top three seeds in the West. Montrez Harrell, my choice for sixth man of the year. Most improved player of the year. This one is easy for me, even though I love B.I. and the jump that he made in making the all-star team. I'm going with Bam Adebayo. He went from nine points a game, seven rebounds, to 16 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, over a block, over a steal per game. He is one of the main reasons why the Heat are a fourth seed in the East and have a real shot to be at least as high as a third seed before the playoffs begin. Bam's impact on both ends of the floor make Miami one of the most dangerous teams heading into the playoffs. I'm not saying he can lock Giannis down, but in terms of guarding him one-on-one, -on -one, no one's done it better. Bam's my choice for most improved player. Rookie of the year, this one is easy to me. It's a no-brainer. It's John Morant, 17 points a game, four rebounds, seven assists, 49% from the field, 36 from three, this guy is spectacular on both ends of the floor. He's actually an underrated defender. He's a pretty good defender. But his ability to make your defense collapse and then kick out to his shooters, he makes everything easy for his teammates. And the scary thing is, if he were more aggressive, he would easily average 25 to 28 points a game. He's got that kind of ability. And he's still getting better. Much respect to Zion, but a little late to the dance. But even when he was playing, Zion was playing well. But John Morant carried a team to the AFC. And I know there's a chance that Portland, maybe even the Pelicans could catch them. But about this season, because we're at the end of the regular season, more or less, John Morant's the rookie of the year. And I'm looking forward to seeing what this young man's going to do going forward. I think the top three candidates for Defensive Player of the Year are Giannis, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. Gobert's going to be in any conversation because of his ability to block shots, rim protect, and rebound. But Anthony Davis and Giannis are much more versatile defenders. It's close. AD averages more blocks. But I think Giannis's impact, his ability to play in space, show, recover, dig down, and body up in the low post, I think he's the most versatile defender in the NBA. It wouldn't surprise me if AD won it. I wouldn't mind that at all. But if I'm a betting man, I think Giannis will take home Defensive Player of the Year. My first team All-NBA defense, I got Marcus Smart at one of the guard spots. Marcus Smart is just one of the smartest basketball players in the NBA defensively. He can get into your body. He's quick enough to beat you and cut you off laterally. He's physically strong enough to guard bigger players. And he has a tenacity about him that makes him one of the toughest guys to score on. Not to mention, he sacrifices his body on every play. That's one of my guys I also got him playing alongside Ben Simmons. You know everything you want about Ben Simmons. He can guard all five positions at a high level. 
Then you've got Giannis, the same thing. Another guy that can guard all five positions. Plus, he gives you the physicality in the low post, a shot blocker as well. Anthony Davis, this whole first team All-NBA is about versatility. Anthony Davis can do the same thing. Rudy Gobert, for a big, he's pretty good in space. It's not his strength. But when you factor in the shot blocking and rebounding, which people underestimate, the end component of shutting down a possession is grabbing the rebound. Rudy Gobert excels at blocking shots and grabbing rebounds. This is my all-NBA first-team defense. Let's do first team, second team, third team, all NBA. I'm sure once these teams are announced, there's going to be heated debates. Let's get into them. My first team, all NBA, I've got Giannis, Ron, AD, Kawhi, and James Harden. I know a lot of people are probably going to want Luka on that squad, but come on. Harden and the Rockets have as good a record as the Mavs. You're talking about a guy averaging 34, 6, and 7 just under two steals per game. Hart is not a great defender, but he's actually a very good low post defender with quick hands. And then on my second team, I'm going with Dame, Luka, Jimmy Buckets, Joker, and this one will probably be the one that throws people off, but I think he's worthy, Jason Tatum. 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists, a block per game, 45% from the field, 39% from three, but more importantly, Look at what he did to the league right after the All-Star break. He was giving it to everybody. He dropped 40 on LeBron and company. He dropped 40 on Kawhi and company. Nobody could guard this guy. This version of Jason Tatum that we saw after the All-Star break, that's a superstar. If he can sustain that or even elevate that, that's why I think the Celtics will be a problem. That version of Jason Tatum makes the Celtics scary. My third team All-NBA, Chris Paul. Underrated year. Nobody, including myself, thought these Thunder would be this good. I looked at that roster. I looked at what we saw from Chris Paul in the playoffs the last time he was on the Rockets. And nobody thought this was going to be a team that was going to be not just barely make the playoffs, but actually be one of the better contenders in the West. Now, I don't think they're a championship contender, but the fact that Chris Paul has taken this team as far as he has, and he still played at the level that he has, 17 points a game, five rebounds, seven assists, just under two steals, 49% from the field, 36 from three. This is one of his more efficient seasons as well. He does, he's deserving. This is one of the great point guards of all time at an advanced age, and he's still playing at this level. And obviously on the third team, and, and he had a he had an argument for second team. I went with Russell Westbrook. All Russ is doing, 27 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 45% from the field, which is efficient. More importantly, when they went small, or as people are calling it, micro ball, Russ's field goal percentages went up. When he stopped shooting threes and essentially became the Rockets post player. That's right. 
Russ is the Rockets post presence. And he's been their best player since they've played micro ball. Look, Harden's overall numbers have him first team all NBA. Go back and look what, what, what the Rockets have done since they've played small ball. And you will not argue with me. Russ has been their best player. He's deserving of this. Joining him, Ben Simmons, Bam Adebayo, and Pascal Siakam. I thought about putting Joel in B thirteen, but I think he's missed too much time, and I think Bam has just had that type of season that he's deserving. Some will disagree, some will agree. We'll see. But those are my three All NBA teams. I try to keep up on questions and answers, but a lot of you guys flood it. And some of them are the same questions and answers. But here are some of your responses to the Is Paul George Overrated? David said, PG has shown up more times than Anthony Davis ever has. I will say that Paul George has had more playoff success than Anthony Davis. That is a fair statement. And it's interesting that the perception of Anthony Davis without the playoff success is that he is a top five player. I don't doubt that he's a top five talent and that he puts up big numbers. What we'll find out once the playoffs start is can Anthony Davis live up to expectations? So that's a fair point, David. Sam 4-5 says, love regular season PG, but hard pass on playoff P. I understand that too as well. Since he's left the Pacers, he struggled with OKC. So that's that's fair. Let's see what happens this season. Because this is a new season. And let's say this is a 100% right now healthy Paul George. So in the role that he's currently in, I expect him to produce. Gil said he's a top 15 player. So why is this even a thing? Which is kind of what I was alluding to when I made the statement that when did being a top 15 player become a bad thing? Whether you love Paul George or you don't think he's as good as some say he is, at worst, he's a top 15 player. And he's still young enough to change your perception of him. Vita says, to answer your question about who I would take in starting a team between Clay Thompson Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George, I would take Clay because you always need shooting and he plays D. It's a great point. It's, and it's also an interesting point. The other guys might be better with the ball in their hands. They might be a little bit more versatile. But there's not a team in the NBA that'll tell you we don't need shooting. And Clay's not just an average shooter. He's not just a spot-up shooter. He's much more than that. He's a catch-and-shoot player who, if you close out too fast, he'll go around you. He'll tack the basket. So, no, he's not Ray Allen off the dribble, but he's nice. He's underrated. Marco says, this is PG's opportunity to take the next step. I agree. That, that, that goes in hand with what I said. This season is going to go a long way in how we perceive Paul George, ultimately. Ant says, I would take Simmons if I were building a team 
because his ceiling is higher than the others. Potentially, I would agree. Remember, we're talking about a guy, I've said this, who right now has some, some flaws in his game, but he's given you 16, 8, and 8 and is a terrific defender. And if he only did that the rest of his career, he's probably going to be a 7 or 8-time All-Star and make all NBA defense six or seven times. So if if the if the expectations are that Ben Simmons is a franchise player and and that's this is his ceiling, then maybe you're reaching a little bit. But if you're telling me that Ben Simmons can help you win a title as a second or third best player, then I would agree with that statement. Kenny says, "I'm a Laker fan." So let playoff P be playoff P. You dig? Um, yeah, I hear you. I, I'm a Laker fan too. But I want competition. And we've been led to believe that the two best teams, at least in the West, are the Clippers and the Lakers. So I would like both of those franchises, both of those teams to live up to that billing. I want them to meet in the conference finals. And I want it to be an epic seven-game series. Obviously, I want the Lakers to win it, but I want it to be an epic seven-game series. LBC Vic says, I would take Jimmy Buckets because he got that dog in him. Out of all these guys that you're giving me the option to start a team with or to pair with a great point guard, I'll take Jimmy Buckets because you'll know he can close games out. He can finish games and he can lock down defensively. Vic, I think Jimmy Butler, when you talk about heart, when you talk about attitude, he carries that with him every game. There might be more talented players, but in a close game, he's one of the scariest players in the NBA. So I'm with you on that. Samantha says, I'm going with Klay Thompson. The Warriors have three titles. And Clay is the big reason why. If you want to win titles, you would add a player like Clay to your team. Samantha, Clay's a winner. I agree with you. Clay is a winner. And I don't, I just don't see a team in the NBA would be like, nah, we don't need Clay Thompson. I think Clay Thompson is clutch. For what for what it's worth. There might be better players. There are gonna be guys that put up bigger numbers. I'm not necessarily sold that everybody that puts up numbers is clutch. And and this kind of leads into another thing. While I'll tell you, I believe Giannis is this year's MVP. I'll also tell you, he's yet to prove he can take it up a notch in the playoffs and be clutch. Barry says, is Klay Thompson clutch or does he just benefit from playing alongside Steph and Draymond? I think Klay's clutch. Look, you can set me up for an open shot. I still got to make that shot. And Klay Thompson has made big shot after big shot on every level. Playoffs, conference finals, finals. He's also guarded some of the best players in the NBA and more than held his own. There are better players. There are guys that are going to put up bigger numbers. Clutch is something else. I wouldn't sleep on Clay in terms of being clutch. And I wouldn't sleep on him 
in terms of being an asset that can help you win a title, not just with Golden State, but other places. I think he has that type of value. And that's not me saying Clay is a better all-around player than Paul George or more talented. That's me saying shooting is something that no one ever has enough of. And if you get that on another level, like Clay, think about this. For his playoff career, Clay shoots 41% from three, 84% from the line. Yes, Clay's clutch. On the next cipher, I'll ask the question Do NBA execs still value Carl Anthony Towns as a franchise player? And while teams should not sleep on the defending NBA champ, Toronto Raptors, we'll get into both of those topics next time.